Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. And I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, who's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And we, uh, second week now of our, our new series called Upside Down, a study through Paul's letters to First and Second Thessalonians. And uh, of course, we got that title upside down from Acts chapter 17, as that was the accusation levied against this new church there in the Thessalonica, as Paul was there like, hey, You've turned this city upside down, and you haven't done this. This is not the first time, you know. And so it was a great, almost a great thing to be branded with, you know. And I think that's what they were, disciples of Jesus were setting out to do, is turn the world upside down. And so we're in week two, and uh, this the title of this message was uh, kind of a play on words from a popular phrase that imitation is the... Uh, serious form of, of, of discipleship. discipleship. Yeah, that's right. And uh, but one of the things that you kind of hit on um, right from the beginning was uh, Paul. You know, starts to defend himself against his critics. And you know, this is kind of one of those kind of situations where, you know, when do we when do we as you know leaders in a church as a pastor when do you you know, feel that need that you need to answer your critics. Should you answer your critics? Should you just ignore them and just say, hey, I'm doing the work of the Lord. I'm ignoring you. I'm not going to listen, you know, stick your fingers in your ears. Or or do we answer our critics? You know, kind of what are some of those, um, you know, what are some of the parameters surrounding that question? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is that Paul in this section, what's curious is that he defends himself. That's the whole context. He's defending himself against people who are saying negative things about him. But then he says in uh, verse four that he doesn't do this to please men, but to please God. And it's to God that he'll have to give his answer, right? So I, I think that's really interesting because uh, at this, he has kind of both sides of that attitude, right? A lot of times you meet people who will say, well, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I only care about what God thinks about me. Well, I think that that's important. And of course that's primary, but clearly Paul did care what people thought about him. And I think the thing to keep in mind here is that the reason why Paul cared what people thought about him was because he cared about the gospel. He had been entrusted with the gospel and he was concerned that if people thought negatively of him or believed things about him that by discrediting him, these people were actually putting the gospel message at threat. So, um, when it comes to answering your critics, it's interesting because there are two Proverbs, um, and they're right next to each other in the book of Proverbs. And the one proverb says, um, do not answer a fool in his folly or else you will bring yourself down to him, his level. In other words, like when they go low, we go high type of attitude. Um, the other proverb, which is right in the same section, says, answer a fool in his folly, lest he think he's right. Right. So there's a time for both. And it takes wisdom to discern, okay, is this the time where I need to respond to this accusation, where I need to address this uh, thing this person is saying, which is incorrect? Or is this a time when, you know what, I'm not going to stoop to that level and just get into the muck with that person Um so I'm just not going to do it. Um, you know, I guess there's a saying like, um, I heard an old saying and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it was something about like, if you wrestle with a pig, you both get dirty, but the pig enjoys it. Oh. <laughs> so I'm probably getting that wrong. Maybe one of our I think got the listeners gist of it right, can yeah. uh, leave a comment and tell me how to say that right. Yeah. But it's something like that. Yeah. 
And I mean, certainly that's the case, right? Like where some people, they just want that. They're contentious people. They're always going to, and you know what? It's just not even worth it to get into it with them. Um, you're just going to muddy yourself and it's not worth it. But on the, uh, there are other times when it is mm -hmm. very worth it, especially uh, if, you know, by discrediting you, they're threatening, you know, your mission, which is to represent the gospel. You know, one of the things I always say, and you know this, is that I always say, personally for me, I want to be known for only one controversy, and that's the controversy of the gospel, which means in my social media presence and in, in uh, everything that I do and the way that people know me, of course I have opinions about lots of things, but the one thing I care about more than anything is the mission that I've been called on by God, and so I want to think about my actions in that regard. Like, how am I going to live in a way that reflects well upon the gospel? And Paul talks about that a lot in his letters. So he talks about that in 1 Thessalonians here. He says, uh, I charge you to walk in a manner worthy of God. In Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse 27, he says a similar thing. He says, uh, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Um, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he says, uh, live in such a way that you do not bring disrepute upon the gospel. And so, um, so I think that we should care about what people think about us as messengers of the gospel, not um, because we are thin-skinned or anything, but we should care about that aspect. We remember that we're people on mission and that that is uh, the primary driving thing in our lives. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, more in a practical sense, what, would you, what kind of advice would you give to a pastor or somebody, you know, who maybe gets that nasty letter in in the email or you know responding to their their sermon or you know something they might have said or their conversation what what are some of the things you know practically that would come to mind that in response to something like that yeah again another proverb is that a kind word turns away wrath and that's what i've always found is that uh the first response i want to have is um i want to take the teeth out of the conversation so to say and so just respond uh, surprise them with kindness yeah. and just, you know, be humble. Humility is disarming. Um, and so, you know, that's what you want to do. You want to take the tension out of the situation so that you can discuss the issue. Mm -hmm. And if there is an issue, then you acknowledge it and be honest. If there's not, and uh, maybe what they're bringing up is just a matter of difference of opinion or something like that, well, then you can deal with that too. I think the immediate thing you want to do is respond with humility um, and and oftentimes a kind word. Just try to take the teeth out of the situation. Yeah, no, that's great. Great advice. Great advice. One of the other topics, of course, which was kind of the main theme of, of our study in the first half of, of chapter two of First Thessalonians was the idea of, of imitation. And, you know, I think for the, I wouldn't say for the most part, but a lot, you know, you see a lot of Christian bumper stickers that say, hey, don't follow me, follow Jesus. You know, I'm sinner saved by grace and, you know, these kind of, you know, not necessarily cop-outs, but this idea that, hey, don't look at my life, look at Jesus. Well, Paul's kind of has an opposite, you know, look at, he says, no, look at my life yeah. and you should see Jesus, yeah. you know, the whole idea of imitation. That was a very important uh, point that you yeah. made on Sunday. Yeah, because Paul's putting his life forward in this section to say, uh, imitate me in these areas. And he points out three that we talked about, right? We talked about motives, actions, and priorities. And uh, I think that's really important, you know? And he says, uh, you can look at my life because the power of God is real in my life. And I think that's, that's really important. You know, you can think about it this way. Um, how were the Thessalonians to know how to 
imitate Jesus. Because even if they had the scriptures, which, which it's not likely that they did at this point, maybe they had portions of the gospels uh, at this point, but think about it, like, or even you, right? Like if you read the Bible and you want to imitate Jesus, well, it's going to be really easy for you to know exactly what to do or when you encounter a Pharisee asking you whether you should pay the temple tax because Jesus answered that question. Mm-hmm. Or if, you know, they bring a woman caught in adultery before you when you're standing in the temple. But um, let's say for a mom, like how does a single mom know how to follow Jesus in her context? How does a a person who works in a a store, you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus in in an office setting, right? Mm -hmm. These are areas where it does help us very much to have mentors who can help us to know how to follow Jesus. And then we get to be those for other people as well. Yeah, and and, and I... I think what's also very important is Paul's not saying, hey, imitate me in my success. He's mm-hmm. imitate me in my failure as well. And you know that Paul, in his various letters, he points out how he is the chief among sinners and things like that. And that I think that's also, I think, very important for, for believers to understand that, yes, I'm imitate me as I imitate Christ, but imitate me as I seek the Lord in forgiveness, as yeah. I seek when I fall, look at how I go back and how I seek, you know, I think those are also, maybe people forget those aspects of, of the Christian walk and say, well, don't look at me because, you know, I'm failing before the Lord. Well, yeah, well, how do you then restore, you know, seek restoration before the Lord? You know, those things are also important in the life yeah. of believers. Yeah, I know that one of my mentors was really good at that. Like he would really, um, he would show you through his actions what it looks like to repent mm-hmm. and to, uh, and, you know, to ask for forgiveness and to humble himself. And um, those things stuck with me. Yeah. And, you know, there's that old Christian cliche that says you might be the only Bible that people ever read. And it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason because it's very true. Yeah. You know, if you're, as you're living out the Christian life, you might be that, that person, that that first encounter with Jesus that people have. Yeah. And so that's I think that's probably one of the most important takeaways from Sunday's message is that, you know, to imitate, you know, to seek to be that way with the Lord so that people could look at your life and be uh, uh, be become, you know, to follow God through through your through your life and your example of following the Lord. So that was a great look into our our just kind of a different perspective maybe into our study from Sunday. And if you missed it, whitefieldschurch.com. Uh, you can go there and download that. You can find us on YouTube. Ring that bell. You'll get a notification every time we upload a new video. And of course, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and all. You can also uh, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify. So we look forward to your questions, comments, and we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.